Now that we know all we need to know about the true agenda behind 15-Minute Cities, what can we do about it? I'm Monica Perez, and this is today's Deep Dive. So the launching off point today, the platform, is a subsection of Rose's uh, book titled Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21. Rosa Quarry, if you've been listening to this series, uh, it's actually a series of series from homelessness to housing to Agenda 21 to 15-minute cities to the transportation agenda. It's all about, it's whether it's the UN or the World Economic Forum, ICLE, the International Council of Local Environmental uh, Initiatives, whatever it is, Rosa Quarry, who is now dead, late and great, a uh, very untimely death last year, that she's been warning us about this for at least 10 years, more than 10 years now, all in the context of land use restrictions, corralling people, uh, taking land offline, eminent domain. They talk about it as being part of climate change, but this is something that started 50 years ago with UN Habitat One. They don't want private people having land. They just don't. And it it even goes to the 2016 World Economic Forum article that so many people referenced titled uh, something like, it's 2030, I own nothing, I have no privacy, and I'm happy. Well, even if the scenario that they're painting would make you happy, it's not really like that. If they don't actually give you the shiny international airline terminal. It's actually a, a, a place that is a bit of a trap. If they solved your problems, you wouldn't need them anymore. So they're not gonna solve the problems, it's just a trap, and it needs to be stopped. And unlike most of the things we talk about on this show, there is a real blueprint on how to stop it. So you could ask, you know, you get frustrated about Davos or COVID policies. I mean, even the COVID policies, the lockdowns, that was all done under the guise of an emergency situation. And it was even in the last show I did, I talked about the mayor of Paris, whose MO was to enforce radical change on a temporary basis and then make it permanent. But if you want to make stuff permanent, it has to go through a legal process. And part of the plot here is that they like to create regions, they like to cross jurisdictions. But if you look at your own city council, if you look at your local government, it's going to have a planning commission. It's going to have a sustainability committee. It's going to have a lot of these things that are meant to reshape our land use are regional. And that means they need a regional vehicle, which would be an infrastructure plan or a transportation plan. So it's time to get kind of plugged back in to this stuff and get plugged back in to local government, believe it or not, as much as I hate it, I mean, I am an anarcho-capitalist, but there is a coalition to be had of people who do care, who are still, you know, citizens who have rights. And that's a broad spectrum. So don't get hung up on somebody's vaccination opinion or status or their politics. Rosa Quarry was a Democrat. She had something like Democrats Against Sustainability. She had some organizations like that, but she found common ground with the Tea Party. And those are the kind of people that you're going to want to 
join forces with on this most important issue because this is how they're reshaping the world. It's how they will kind of grab everything from us and you can't get it back then when you lose those rights. I'm, I'm for absolute private property rights. So the kind of people you're going to want to get together with are MAGA people because she said Donald Trump got a lot of the anti-Agenda 21 people kind of to disengage because they thought he was going to save everybody, but he didn't. Anybody who was against Agenda 21 at the time, you might remember, and communicate with them. Anyone who wants to do a parallel system or freedom cells, homesteaders, farmers, um, people who are into, you know, have chickens or even food preservation, like those are all people with a common interest and they care about being able to capture their own rainwater, being able to defend their own land, not having the avian flu Stasi, you know, come and kill their chickens. Talk to those people. Anybody who owns property, anyone who cares about being able to own a couple of acres of land, one huge resource I think could be the most powerful resource, kind of the way in the 60s it should have been the boomers. Maybe it's the boomers again because it's a massive demographic of new retirees or people who are young enough to still remember what it's like to you know work in the in the workplace but have free time right now a little maybe extra resources that they can you know they don't have to work and they can actually figure this stuff out cuz it takes some following uh and i particularly think those people who have grandchildren they have or property owners they have real skin in the game they have the time they're relevant they're smart they're savvy you know they they've they it's not like they're 90 something and have a hard time getting around they're just young enough to be plugged in still and i think those are the people who would form the right coalition and rosa rosa was a professional in this regard she was an appraiser. She did eminent domain lawsuits like she was an expert witness. So even though this, her recommendations are a little bit dated, I feel like they're really well uh, worth understanding. And you can buy the book and read it. I don't even know who gets the money for the book. Maybe her wife does. I've been trying to track her down to see if there are other organizations that are still active because I have heard that this organization that she started isn't really active anymore. So let me see. I actually got a nice email from somebody who was um, kind of woke up after I started talking about this stuff. And he was saying he could not connect with hers, but he did find a different, a different organization. Let me see if I can find his, the organization he was talking about. And maybe people can tell me more organizations and I can talk about those in a future episode or yeah, it would be great. Okay. So I I don't like to say people's names, but hat tip, you know who you are for sending me this. It's uh, proprights.org, proprights.org. And it looked like, although a lot of them don't talk about agenda 21, the, the chapter in San Francisco does, and that's where Rosa was more or less. Then I found something called governmentoversight.com, O-V-E-R-S-I-T-E, but Really, her organizations were the best, and I do. I did want to speak to anybody there who might give us a lead, but those are good places to start. But really, let me just, uh, so this is a, a subchapter in her book called, Okay, I get it. What now? What can I do? 
And I'm going to read it to you so that you can listen to it in the car and don't have to read it yourself. And I hope I have permission to do it. And if I don't, uh, if somebody owns the rights to this, let me know because we should work together. People are going to want to know how to fight this. So make your coalitions and here we go. First, take a deep breath and realize that you are not alone in this. There are people all over your state, all over America, all over the world who are with you. You've gotten this far in the book. Thank you. You're feeling upset and concerned about your future and the future of your country. Good. There are a lot of issues that make it into the news, but UN Agenda 21, communitarianism, sustainable development, and smart growth don't show up much. Well, this was 10 years ago. Now we know how right she was. So you're shocked about this. You may even be hoping that it's nothing, that it will blow over that you don't have to do anything about it, but this is real and your voice is needed. She was saying this 10 years ago, she was so right. You may be looking for a leader, take a look in the mirror. This is the real face of grassroots, you. To start, the best thing you can do is to read more and open your eyes to the workings of your town. You've heard the slogan, think globally, act locally. Yep, it's UN Agenda 21 jargon. Well, take that to heart, to the real heart of what you see. Take your local paper, read it. So many of us take the New York Times or the San Francisco Chronicle, but not our local paper. It's a rag, we say. Who cares? You should. Up above, I said that UN Agenda 21, communitarianism, sustainable development, and smart growth don't show much up much in the paper, but they do every day. You'll see them if you're paying attention and reading intelligently. Listen to this. Articles about redevelopment projects, Bicycle boulevards, neighborhood summits, neighborhood elections, neighborhood revitalization projects, neighborhood stabilization projects, visioning, local boards, smart growth projects, low-income housing subsidies, transportation grants, green building retrofit programs, that is a big one, Uh, well monitoring, smart electric, water and gas meters, And the people who object to them come out every day. Connect with those people. Tell them about UN Agenda 21. Be a bridge. Amazingly enough, flyering is one of the most effective ways of reaching a large number of people in a short time. We've written some kick-ickly out flyers for you. You can print them out from our Democrats Against UN Agenda 21 website. I think that's still around. Go to the ICLE page, I-C-L-E-I. Get up early on a weekend morning and take these around different neighborhoods for a few weeks. Go during the week while people are at work. Drop them on porches. Don't put them in mailboxes. Those are federal property, apparently. Don't let people waylay you and draw you into conversation, yes, or you'll waste your Saturday arguing instead of putting out the info. Tell them to go to the website on the flyer if they want more info. If they want to help, tell them to make copies of the flyer and walk them around. Take the flyers with you to the store, coffee shop meetings, and give them out. It only costs about $5 to make 100 black and white copies. Go for it. So some of her sites are still available, and we also have a New World Order flyer that you can print and distribute if you'd like. You'd li- you'll find that on Democrats' website under What Can I Do? All right. Uh, so that stuff, I mean, we need to update that for sure. And I'm open to anybody who maybe will start a little portal. I have my website's a little bit under construction, monicasdeepdives.com, but we can, Hey man, maybe I'll just make a thread and pin it to the top of my Twitter at Monica Perez show. 
But in the meanwhile, anything you come up with, send to me at monicaperezshow at gmail.com. Or you can tweet it at me at monicaperezshow. Who is running your city? Be a sharp researcher. If you read about a group in your town that is advocating for smart growth, for instance, take a look at who's in the group. Google the names of the people running the organization. I do that. Follow those links. Who funds them? I always do that. What influence do they have on your city? Try putting their name plus ICLE or United Nations or Smart Growth in your search engine. You'll be amazed at what you find. Then expose that information on your flyers. Connect with others who are feeling that their property rights are being limited or taken away through excessive regulations. Most people who do own property don't own more than their own home. But if you do own a piece of improved or vacant land, whether it's rural, urban, suburban, commercial, residential, or industrial, you've been affected, and you probably know it. So do others in your situation. Political parties are a diversion. Don't make that an issue. You'll find allies by watching the planning commission meetings on your local cable station. By the way, folks, there are recorded Zoom calls on a lot of the websites of these local commissions. Uh, You can go down to the meetings yourself, listen for a few weeks, give your card to those who are in a similar situation, um, meet them, tell them about Agenda 21. So you can actually figure out what committees are doing what by looking at the minutes. This is me, what I've been looking at. Look at the minutes of the meetings. Look at the Zoom calls. You will be able to save some time than going to the different meetings by figuring out which is which. And it's going to be more than just your local thing. There are regional ones, too. You might get a shock, as we did, when when you think you're meeting with allies but find out that you're mistaken. Take the chance, spread the word, ask us for bumper stickers or business cards with our website address on them. Go to our Contact Us page on the website. Um, we can, there are other resources as well, or we can start one. Maybe I should start a, a website. If somebody wants to spearhead that, I'm happy to promote it and contribute to it. Try to get a group together. Yes, it takes some courage to point out actions being taken by your neighbors, but your town council and by your community when you feel alone. For an example, uh, if a small group that has made a big difference to the Santa Rosa Neighborhood Coalition.com. Okay, so that's her thing. And they made a big difference. And I think she's saying if, if somebody local is trying to manipulate a situation for their own benefit, okay, you might have to call it out if it has broader implications or if that person's being used. She talked to us, talked to us about the Delphi technique. They recruit people on the ground who may not even know what they're doing. She said she's been very impressed by the Tea Party movement. I'm frequently invited all over the U.S. to speak to different groups about UN Agenda 21. These independent groups are made up of people who want to be informed. They arrive at my speeches with notepads and take notes. They're active. Go to government meetings and ask hard questions. They are nonviolent, law-abiding, inclusive, hardworking, upstanding American citizens who are alarmed at the changes being implemented all around them. I have nothing but respect for these people who sacrifice their time, energy, and money to preserve the most fundamental rights we have enjoyed in this country. They are performing their civic duty, and I appreciate that. This is what we want, an informed populace who will speak out and take action. The better informed we are, the better our elected officials will be. She says, network with other groups. While you may only agree on one issue, such as kick Iklay out or refuse smart meters, get together with other small groups for action. Support each other in your actions. Show up at a county meeting or council meeting in solidarity with your neighbors in other towns. Offer to help their flyering efforts. Fresh faces, fresh ideas, and fresh energy support everyone. 
How about a coalition to kick Iklay out that is made up of people from every city with Iklay membership within a 100-mile radius? Do a blitz of all the cities during a two- or three-week period. Powerful. That's true. So you can go from different places, and then you, you she doesn't have you show up in force. She tells you how to do it. Uh, but it's good to have people. Use social media, make a Facebook page, Twitter, that's what we should do, and direct people to websites like ours where they can find more information. Announce meetings, expose Dell fires, and link to videos and articles. Use electronic media to your advantage. Clip Nabber or Clip Grabber can help you take a video from YouTube and download it to a DVD for showing at your meetings. So she said Dell fires. Those are people who are manipulating your community into consensus. I did a whole show on that called the Delphi Technique in, in earlier in January 2023. You can find that on my uh, feed, Deep Dives with Monica Perez. Get involved locally. Go to your neighborhood visioning meetings. Remember, though, they use tactics like the Delphi Technique at local meetings to marginalize dissent. These meetings are often called charrettes, workshops, visioning meetings, stakeholder meetings, and task forces. They might call it Your Plan 2020 or Vision Your City. Oh my gosh, that's like Oxford had Local, 20, local Plan 2040, and that was initiated with these 15-minute cities. Here is a very effective way to monkey wrench their tactics. Uh, she's talking about anti-Delphying a meeting. And by the way, if you haven't heard my 15-minute city stuff, I also posted that in January 2023 on Deep Dives with Monica Perez. Okay, anti-Delphying a meeting. A meeting can either be a one-on-one -on -one or involve many people. The purpose of the meeting is to direct the outcome while giving the appearance that the attendees are having an impact and the outcome is their idea. If the meeting goes smoothly, the attendees will not be aware that they have been railroaded into agreeing to the plan that was designed prior to the meeting. Your goal is to show that the plan is not the plan of the people and to resist being duped. In order to do this effectively, you will need to stay calm and make the facilitator treat you rudely in front of the group. This is political theater. The facilitator relies on the compliance and obedience of the group in order to run the meeting to the desired outcome. Your job is to break the mesmerizing cadence of the totally orchestrated meeting and expose the gears behind the screen. The facilitator will lose control of the meeting at that point and the spell will be broken. At that point, the entire audience should be asking questions and demanding answers from the facilitator. There will be no consensus. This works, but you have to do it right. If you make the facilitator look like the victim, the audience will think you're abusing her or him and you will lose. Before you attend the meeting, go on the internet and read about it. Look at who the groups are that are sponsoring it and read their stated goals. Know your opponent. Share this information with your group. Gather your group together and meet the day before the meeting. The larger your group, the better chance you will have to reveal the working of the charade. It's best to have at least four people. You have to work together as a team. And remember, this is political theater. You are playing roles. You have reviewed the meeting material and you understand the goal of the meeting. Let's say it's organized by the Regional Metropolitan Transportation Planning Organization, a council of governments, COG, there's definitely one there in Georgia, I noticed, this is me speaking, and a couple of nonprofits. You've looked at the meeting announcement and it's about establishing smart growth in the center of your towns with a regional transportation system linking them. It envisions a huge population boom coming, and the goal is to pack as many people downtown as possible. I mean, boy, was she ahead of this. The new buildings will line the newly reconfigured streets in the smart growth mixed-use model. 
built right, mixed use, exactly, built right at the edge of the sidewalk, ground floor retail with 12 foot high ceilings, two or more stories of apartments or condos above that, one parking space or less for the units and very little common area. This idea of the ground floor retail, Paris actually enacted an ordinance where they can control your ground floor space in a building to earmark it for retail or other purposes. I mean, this is, this was, she wrote this more than 10 years ago. You and your group decide that you will be asking questions such as, how much is this project going to cost? Where is the money coming from? Who gave the regional board authority to make these decisions? Why isn't this on the ballot? Are the property owners who would be affected here? Why aren't you asking them what they want to do with their property? Are you planning to use the power of eminent domain to remove the existing buildings? What will happen to the local businesses? I will tell you that moving existing buildings, I think that Miami condo collapse was the beginning of this. It looks like this is a done deal. Why did you have this meeting if you have the entire project planned already? You see that these are extremely adversarial questions that the facilitator is not going to want to answer. Her goal is to embarrass you, shame you, shut you up, and inflame the crowd against you. Your goal is to send the facilitator packing and reveal to the crowd that they are being manipulated. This is not their plan. Back to your group. These Delphi meetings are generally either in an auditorium with seating in rows or at tables. In order to effectively anti-Delphi, you have to enter the meeting separately and leave separately. Like, this is really important. Do not acknowledge the other people in your group. Don't speak to each other. You are pretending that you don't know each other at all. If you can avoid signing in, do so. You want to remain anonymous. If you have to sign in, give a fake name and email address. The reason is that if you are successful and want to anti-Delphi other meetings, you don't want to establish your identity for them. Someone in the group should use a real address so that you can get updates from the organizers. Don't put your name tag on. Do not identify yourself as being part of a group. You are there as an interested citizen, just like everyone else in attendance. Dress and groom yourself neatly. You are a rational, reasonable, intelligent member of your town. If there are video cameras going, try to avoid being filmed. <laughs> I think she means iPhones. <laughs> Stay calm. And she, she gets really specific. Enter the auditorium and sit in this formation. Okay, she says, if the auditorium has theater-style seating, you will sit in a diamond pattern. Depending on the size of the meeting, you may have more than one diamond. One person in the front center, behind her a few rows, a person on her left towards the aisle, and another on the right towards the aisle. Then continue this pattern by putting a single person in the center a couple of rows back from that row. If that meeting is large and you have enough people, repeat the pattern. You can see that you are covering a large area with your people and not bunching up. Observers will not see your connections with each other and will not see a team effort. You are giving the appearance of having opposition in all parts of the auditorium, unconnected and yet supportive of each other. Remember, you are there as totally independent members of your town and will not make contact with each other during the meeting, at the breaks, or after the meeting, within the gaze of anyone else at the meeting. If the auditorium has tables set up, you will sit at different tables until you have someone at every table. And then if you have more people than the number of tables, you will sit at the same table with your people, but you will not acknowledge that you know each other. You will introduce yourselves as if you are strangers. Now I'm guessing like if you're there with your sister 
or your husband, like that's considered a, you know, one unit. And you sit next to that person, you talk to that person. But anyway, you are pleasant, you are friendly, you are calm, you are reasonable and concerned. You don't express your opinions to anyone near you. Remember that many of the people in the audience or at your table are either paid to be there, they're members of the organization sponsoring it, or they are government employees, or they are in some way connected to the plan. Just like you, they are there to play a role. So as the meeting is getting settled, check out the people around you in a friendly way. Introduce yourself with your fake name and find out who else is at the table with you. How did they find out about the meeting? Oh, they work for the city. What do they do? Or they may be a developer, a planner, an architect, an environmentalist, a council person. Uh, is their group sponsoring the event? Where do they live? What city? Do they live in a house or an apartment? Do they live in the suburbs? Do they drive to the meeting? These should be asked in a friendly way, casually, and in not in any way aggressively. You're just interested. You're just chatting like a neighbor. Say as little about yourself as possible. You are gathering information and identifying shills. Now, I find if you want to do something like that, less is more. Like one, one question too many will raise suspicion. So just find out what you can, get them talking. If they're not really going to talk, you can't just pepper them with questions. Okay, depending on how sophisticated this meeting is, you'll be, quote, voting with either an electronic device or by raising your hand. Keep your eye on the shills. Are they voting? In a little while, you will expose them as not being a, quote, member of the public. Often they will start at one table and then move to another table later and be table facilitators. Identifying them will assist you in exposing this. The meeting is tightly scheduled, and one of the ways that you can have an impact is by derailing the scheduling. Most facilitators are not accustomed to dealing with dissent, and they will become nervous, angry, or dismissive in order to stay on their schedule. Even a delay like, has anyone seen my purse? I thought I put it down here. Can cause anxiety in the facilitator and make your job easier. Don't overdo it, though. She says that, and I agree with her. As the meeting begins, you will be asked to, quote, vote on a series of biased scenarios. Like, she puts votes in quotes because she knows that it's a setup. Here is your first opportunity. One of your group raises their hand and asks a question. It could be something like, I am confused. I thought this meeting was by getting, about getting our input, but it looks like you have set it up so that we can only vote on your predetermined scenarios. The facilitator will either say that they're not taking questions now or give a long rambling answer that is meaningless. The same questioner then says in a calm, friendly way, but I don't think you answered my question. I thought this meeting was about our input, but it looks like you aren't allowing us to discuss other options. The facilitator will try to ignore the question. Now, now I, I'm just going to interject here. These facilitators are trained. There's something called media training for if you're doing a media appearance. There's training for all this stuff. It's, I mean, you could call it a conspiracy, but I mean, it is training and there are techniques. And you can go back to the Rand Corporation document and find the Delphi technique from the 60s and they continue to use it. It's an active tag on their website. She says, now, so this is after you started the questioning, now, one of the other members of your group says, I would like to hear the answer to that gentleman's question. And another member says, yes, I would also like to know. This will disrupt the meeting because the audience now also would like the answer and will start to chime in. Remember, support each other, but do it casually, nicely, and politely. You want to have the facilitator attack you, not the other way around. Take it easy at first. The facilitator knows what's happening, but the audience doesn't. The facilitator's goal is to get you handled, shut you up, and move on. 
So the first answer may be given again, or you'll be told that time is short and questions will be answered when you split up into groups. Allow the meeting to continue briefly. When the stack and pack housing shows up on the screen, someone else asks, excuse me, but I really want to understand why it is that you say my neighborhood is, quote, business as usual, like that's a bad thing. We really like our cul-de-sac and one-story home. Same thing as above. Another member from a different side of the room says, I would like to hear the answer to that. And others speak up. We're in a rural area. We don't want housing like you're showing. Remember, your agreed-upon questions such as, how much is the project costing? How is it being funded? Who hired your company and how much are you being paid? Who owns that land that your plan is affecting? Are the owners here? What is going to happen to the local businesses? Why are you trying to do this without a vote? Do the mayor and council people support this plan? Why is the regional board trying to take control of this area? This feels like Delphi meeting where you are already set up the outcome before we came in. Are you doing this in other towns? How can you say that this group represents the whole city? What is the timeline for this project? She has a parenthetical. It always includes adoption of the project. So then your follow-up question is, it looks like nothing we can say here will stop this project. Is that right? And actually, that is what the guy said at the Oxford City Council. This is happening whether they, the people, like it or not. I mean, they're bold now. She goes on, ask those questions and back each other up. Don't be like a wild mob, though. Keep it civil. Keep your tone of voice down. Don't let them make you the bad guys and turn the whole room against you. And by the way, in this day and age where there's everybody's got iPhones and they clip the videos, anything you do that can be taken out of context and used against you will be. She goes on, let others speak. If it is obvious that you're taking over the meeting, you will lose the support of the rest of the audience. Remember, you're not doing, going to change the minds of the facilitators. You're doing this to wake up your fellow citizens. The facilitator will try to break the room up into groups, especially in meetings with individual tables. Resist this. Say, I'd really like to hear what everyone's comments are. I think it would be better if we stayed together. Back that up. You probably won't win, but people will be thinking about the fact that they can't hear other comments. At each of the tables, each of you can say, how do we know what's going on at the other tables? This doesn't seem right. Note who the table facilitators are. Were you next to one of them earlier? Did she vote? Say, excuse me, but I don't understand how you can say that this is a meeting for the public when you have facilitators voting. Back that up. It exposes the lie. There is no consensus. If things are going badly for the facilitator, she'll call out a recess, and then she and the other facilitators will watch to see who talks to whom. Their people will casually come and join in your conversation. Don't speak to the other people in your group during that break. The facilitators will identify you as being together, and they won't call on you or will accuse you of ganging up on them. Instead, during the break, you can go over to their groups and listen. They'll call the meeting back to order quickly. They'll ask you to rank lists of environmental issues like clean air, clean water, open space, gardening, who doesn't want clean air and water? Of course, that goes on top. Then they just justify removing private vehicle use from town centers or charging a vehicle miles travel tax. Vehicle miles traveled. Oh my gosh, I was just talking about that. They changed like traffic congestion measures to VMT measures, which makes congestion worse because they want people to feel the pain of having a car. Uh, they want high parking fees, 
you can ask, what do you link these obvious choices to? Are you going to say that if we want clean air, we don't want private cars? If you do this correctly, they won't be able to finish the meeting. Now she says, do it with a smile. Voices will be raised. Stay calm, but keep asking questions. When the room turns against them and tosses them out, you've won. Now at the door, just outside, hand out your flyers. These can be our flyers about ICLE or Agenda 21 or the anti-Delphi flyers called Are You Being Delphied? You'll find these on the Santa Rosa Neighborhood Coalition website under Delphi. It's pretty powerful when people read that they've been victims of a RAND Corporation technique to direct them to a predetermined outcome, and they're given that information courtesy of your group. I'll put all these links in the show notes. Hopefully they're still active. And if they're not active, I'll go into the um, archive.org, also called the Wayback Machine, and I'll find them because they're there. Uh, Don't think you've won totally, even if this happens. Keep your eyes and ears open for the do-over meeting that they'll try to hold without your knowledge. Show up for that too, and support other groups in your area who are being targeted by these facilitators for regionalization and UN Agenda 21. Share information you have about each of the facilitators and their groups and about the program. If you've taken video of the meetings, show that to other resistance groups. Don't expect the facilitators to make the same mistakes over again. They will learn and get sharper at delphine you. You should strategize for the future. She goes on to write about a success that she read about in the newspaper. It was from August 2010. This has been going on for this long. So she's been writing about this for so long, and it's really happening right now. And I think this is just another thing that Trump distracted people from. I mean, not saying he meant to, but I am. she said that it definitely, people just stopped showing up. All right. She writes, I just read a newspaper article online that made me sit up and grin. Picture this, small town supervisors meeting, 90 folks in attendance, consultants standing at the front making his pitch and delivering what the supervisors have paid him a small town fortune to come up with. Smart growth. And guess what? These folks won't have it. Their comments surprised me. They'd done their homework. They learned about UN Agenda 21 and they don't want it. So this is from the Picayune Item newspaper, May 19th, 2010, it says, a public hearing on what has become a controversial controversial county comprehensive plan termed by some a smart growth plan encountered tough negative opposition on Monday night at the Pecayune High School Auditorium. About 90 residents gathered to hear about the plan from county officials and approximately 17 voiced negative comments on the proposed plan. The citizens at the meeting anti-Delphi the facilitators, Rosa says, by naming UN Agenda 21 and talking about it. They each voiced their objections to smart growth, and they were a very well-informed group. They were able to change the outcome with about 20% of the total number of attendees. The county supervisors realized that they could not push the plan through. The article goes on to say, Supervisor Hudson Holiday is a quote. If they had termed this dumb growth, we would not have had this problem. But these people really found a way to make money. This is a slick deal. You all will get about $787,000 for a plan that is really worthless. It doesn't fit here, and you know it doesn't. The old board gave them $300,000 just to do the study. That study was about three quarters of an inch thick. Mr. Carbo himself said it was not worth the paper it was written on, but they did not offer to give us our money back. It's grant money, but it's our tax money. This board voted to give them $487,000 to do a plan. I have not seen the latest version. The UN is not taking our rights away. We're doing it right here. 
As a supervisor, I don't want the responsibility to tell you what you can do with your land. And I assure you, I don't want the ones who follow me to have that power and responsibility, meaning the supervisors who follow. These public hearings were supposed to be held on the front end, not on the back end. Every study that the government ever does, ever does or pays for winds up in more government control. I voted against paying these guys. It's a big company, and I think if your company has any integrity, you would give us our money back. Uh, she goes on to say, Rosa, that, that a really important part of this process is to watch the city council meetings. She talks about the television aspect of it and the minutes. She said in her town, because she was so active, the Santa Rosa thing, and it was a huge redevelopment project, which I think they did stop, that during this process, as it got heated, they stopped televising the entire meeting. They would cut it out and they would go from comprehensive minutes to quote action minutes. So if you go and look for the action minutes, if you go and look for the minutes and they're, they're truncated or summarized, you know that a lot has been left out. Or if you go to a zoom, if they stop putting the zoom recording of the meeting up, or if that's been excerpted. She says, scream bloody murder and tell them that you absolutely have to have it. There's no other way to be informed. Or of course, go yourself so that you are the one televised. It says, it's in, as she goes on to encourage people, it's tremendously engaging to become involved locally and you'll get to know who's who and how it all connects. And I, I will say this, and I've talked to other people about this, it's confusing at first and it's extremely boring. Like I think a lot of it is just like time-wasting but if you think of it as a game, if you think of it as a puzzle, if you try to crack the code and catch them red-handed because they are definitely up to this stuff, definitely. Once I dug into that 15-minute city and could trace it back to degrowth, to Agenda 21, to plans that were in place before COVID about digitizing cities and then blaming it on COVID, I could see that this stuff is absolutely following a blueprint. It's true around the world and certainly in the Western world, and you can catch them at it. So if you have a little, if you're pissed and you want to catch somebody red-handed, this is a great way to do it. She said, don't let them snow you though, or use flattery against you. Don't be fooled. Have courage. You're speaking to your entire city and county, not just the board. Like if you get up and speak, you'll give others the courage and information they need to join you. But she cautions, avoid burnout. If you're exhausted and quit, you won't be helping the resistance. So take care of yourself. This is so important. Find time to laugh and enjoy your friends and family. Here's a strategy I learned from an online seminar offered by an environmental advocacy group. It's called the power of 25. This is how it works. If you have 25 people in a group, you can generate 200 contacts a year with legislators and things like that. Each person commits to do eight things a year. Attend two meetings, send two emails, mail two letters, and make two phone calls. Each of these goes to a different agency or person, but the 25 people in your group focus on the same people. So that legislator, for example, will receive a few letters, some phone calls, a couple of emails, and meeting attendance from your group at different times of the year. You can get together as a group and decide how you want to focus yourselves, whether it's kicking Iklai out of your town or informing others about UN Agenda 21 you'll project a large presence with 200 contacts and no one will burn out. I haven't tried this myself though, because I'm too busy, she says. She also suggests that you run for office from school board to water board, good thinking, to town council and statewide office to your board of realtors 
or the union. I actually think the HOA would be not a bad thing if you live in a gated community. We need more informed people to serve. Even if you don't win, and it's hard to get there without money, and ask, um, Catherine Bernard used to put so much into it. This was in Atlanta. And one time, I've told this story before, but it's true. She brought all the expertise. She was a lawyer. So, so great. Such a person of principle. And I was, I had a uh, primetime fill-in for Erickson, and it was when the no-knock raids were coming down, and I just had her on my show. I didn't know do anything. I didn't know anything. But she galvanized the people, and they stopped that. And it, uh, but when she runs for office, even for small office, they sabotage her and they absolutely flood the zone with outside money to put her down. It's really messed up. Uh, she says, even if you don't win, which is hard to do, you'll bring UN Agenda 21 and sustainable development into the debate and out in the open. That's true. People will have to answer you. So I don't know if they have debates for little little races, but like Buck did from the Counterflow podcast in his town. He didn't win, but he's preparing for another run. And to the extent he had any opportunity to talk about anything, he made an impact. So these are great ideas. I just love it. I This is my first foray into actually reading something. I'm totally, I think it's hard to listen to things that are read, but I also know that a lot of people get information this way because they're driving or walking or doing other things. And I didn't want to distort her words at all because I think she's really, really right about this. Rosa, I'm not going to put any ads in this show. I don't, you wouldn't even know where to ask for permission to read that, but I don't want to put any ads in the show. I don't want to profit from it at all. And I hope that Kay or anybody who's carrying on this fight or who has the rights to Rosa's stuff, I hope that some people who are listening right now will buy Behind the Green Mask and read it thoroughly. It's fantastic. Uh, and I'll put stuff in the show notes for some of the organizations that may still be active. And in any case, I'll put like the archived versions of her exact websites. So I hope this was worthwhile. And I hope that this gets people going. If there's anything I can do to help you get started or any resources you want me to share, again, you can email me at monicaperezshow at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at monicaperezshow. And if you like this, of course, share it with people you think might be interested. And some of my previous stuff on 15-Minute Cities, which was also from this month, just try to get the word out, because this is something that, that can and must be fought at the local level. I think we are at the tipping point. COVID was there to usher this stuff in. And she was way ahead of it. She's been proven right. I would say every step of the way here, I think it's time. Hopefully she's proven right in how to take action as well. Thanks so much for listening to Deep Dives with Monica Perez. <laughs>